0: WMCA proudly presents The Mystery Theater Come in Welcome I am Tammy Grimes As Mr. Santayana said Those who do not learn from history Are condemned to repeat it But that applies to all of us For what have we learned? And what have we solved or settled? We are about to hear a story that took place more than half a century ago. And yet, its essence is not too far removed from today's headlines. It all happened during the First World War, when people were angry and afraid. And both sides committed shameful deeds. Neither side was altogether right or altogether wrong. Prisoner at the bar,
1: is there any reason why sentence should not be passed upon you? My lord, the court I see before me is not this court of England, but a far greater one, the court of the people. Since it was the people of Ireland that I sought to serve, I leave my judgment in their hands. Roger Casement, it is the verdict of the high court that you be taken from hence to a lawful prison, and from thence to a place of execution. And that you'll be there, hanged by the neck, until you are dead.
0: Our mystery drama, The Good Ship Odd, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan, and stars Earl Hammond. I'll be back shortly with Act One. on your conversation station, WMCA New York. It has been said that the happiest nations are the ones that have no history. For the most part, what has history been but a dismal record of outrage and injustice and ancient unresolved quarrels that continue to haunt us to this very day. The year is 1916. A tall, bearded, ruggedly handsome man sits heavily guarded in Brixton Prison He is about to go on trial for his life.
1: Round and round me, the argument rages.
0: Defend
2: yourself.
1: No, you must have a lawyer.
2: Defend yourself, Roger.
1: They mean well. Well, they love me, my fellow fighters in the struggle for Irish freedom. My brothers and sisters in Erin's cause. But sometimes... Their faces blur and their voices die. And I wonder. I wonder.
2: Roddy. Roddy.
1: Roddy. She gave me that name. Cousin Gertrude. Gertrude Bannister. G. Cousin G. Loyal, loving cousin G. You're here, G. Gee, you're here. Yes, Roddy. But but they won't like it at the school. No, Roddy, not one little bit. And they won't dismiss you. Oh, let's not talk about that. But you come here to give aid and comfort to an enemy of the crowd. Roddy, please, listen. You, you will lose
2: your job. There are other jobs. Now, what do you want to do? Please
1: tell me. What, What do I want to do? What do I want to do... About what? The trial. Oh, yes, 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 yes. The trial. Roddy, are you feeling well?
2: You're shaking. it's damp in here. Shall I ask him to send for a doctor? No, no, no. Roddy, I've come here to talk about what is most important. Yes, it's... Your defense. Now listen to me.
1: I always listen to you.
2: Roddy, you're a cause...
1: Cause?
2: A martyr for freedom. Now, hear me out. Oh. It's your life, but don't let yourself be used. Oh, by who? By those who have their own ends. Now, Roddy, I don't say they may not be most of them. Noble ends and worthy. And I don't say that most people do not have the most sincere motives. But there are those who feel that the cause would be better served if you died at the end of a rope. The choice, life or death, must be yours. All yours. After all, it's your life. Yes, my life. Yes, Roddy. You're fighting for your life.
1: My life. But it's not my life any longer. It has not been my life for more than 16 years now. These could very well be the very last moments in what she calls my life. <laughs> my life. I was born a Catholic near Dublin. And I was raised a Protestant in Ulster. So, therefore, I am all Irish. I am also a British knight, Sir Roger Casement, Commander of the Order of St. Michael and St. George, if you please. But I, why can I think only of Africa? Africa where I truly began to lose my life. Africa. Roger Casement. Who, who, whose voice is that? Mine. Or oh, you? I am Leopold. Leopold? Leopold II, the king of the Belgians. Leopold? King of the Belgians? But, but you're dead? Yes seven years. How can I hear you? How can I see you? Because, Roger Casement, you are very close to death yourself. Why are you here? I have come to ask you a question. Me? What question? Why have you persecuted me, Roger Casement? I... I persecuted you. You destroyed my reputation. You broke my heart. You ruined my health. And you drove me to my grave. How? By telling those lies about me. Lies? How I mutilated and murdered all those black natives of the Congo. Lies? Every word in my report was true. You murdered millions of helpless innocent people. No, no, I didn't do it. I saw it, Leopold. I saw it all with my own eyes. Lies, lies. Do I look like a monster? I always tried to be so kind to everyone. I stand by the report. Couldn't you have come to me quietly? We could have talked it over. We could have worked behind the scenes. And if there were all those abuses, why are you always roiling the waters? It wasn't enough to create strife and anarchy in the Congo. You had to interfere with the way civilized people were treating barbarian savages in South America, too. Do you know what those so-called civilized people were doing to those barbarian savages? I'm sure it was for their own good. Once again, I must ask you, why are you here? First, to tell you that you must hang. Yes, I know that. I know that, And Second, to tell you why. I know that, too. Do you? I am being tried for treason because of my part in creating an armed rebellion against the British crown. No, Roger Casement, You shall be hanged because of what you did to me. To you and to my friends, all the powerful people in your own country who also want the wealth of the Congo and the Amazon, you threaten them, Roger Casement, and for that you must be punished, and you shall be. They have bided their time, they have waited for an opportunity, and at last you have given them one. They'll hang me because I fought for Ireland. They hang you because of the Congo and the Amazon. What does the name of the place matter? Whatever I fought, I fought for freedom. I... I, I fought for freedom. I fought for... I fought for freedom. Roddy, wake up. I, I fought for... Free- For free? Of course you did. In the Congo, in the Amazon jungles, I saw the most dreadful disease that ever afflicted mankind. Collodialism.
2: Yes, yes, Roger, I remember. We
1: spoke of it. Oh, you remember, then, G. You remember. Yes, yes.
2: Roddy, I tried to get Uh, some information. Information? Concerning their plans for you.
1: Will it be a civil trial or
2: a military tribunal? I don't think they even know themselves.
1: Yes, in other words, they've already decided on the verdict. They just don't know which forum to use. I don't say that. There's always hope. Oh, yes, of course.
2: And I brought you some meat and some soup. They won't let me give it to you now. They say they'll serve it to you at mealtime. I hope they will.
1: Oh, well, they will. They will. They treat me very fairly here. The guards, the keepers.
2: But how can you say that?
1: Well... You can fight a man, but still respect him as a human being.
2: They can't hang you. We can't afford to lose you.
1: Oh, no, gee, take courage.
2: Isn't it terrible? I've come to comfort you, but instead I'm the one in need of consolation. Oh, here comes the guard. I'll be back to you as soon as they let me visit you again. Oh, buddy, if only the guard were here to let you out. How gladly I would stay in your place.
1: Yes, yes, she would. So many of them would. The wonderful people I've met in my life Cousin G, my sister, and Alice Green, and Devoy, and George Shaw, and Conan Doyle, and so many others. As brave men and women. Roger Kismet. Oh, who's that? You don't recognize me? why? you're the German foreign minister. Correct. Count von Bettmann-Holweg. Yes. (laughs) Are you dead, too? No, no. I am very much alive. Well, what are you doing here? I cannot say. For some reason, I am very much on your mind. Oh, yes, yes. Was it perhaps because you did not take my advice? Your advice... See, you have forgotten it already. Less than a week ago, you were in my office in Berlin. Do you recall? You had come to Germany to obtain guns. Do you remember? I summoned you. Oh, yes, yes, finally. After allowing me to cool my heels for many weeks. I apologize. Do you recall our conversation? How it began? Yes. You said... Germany is always anxious to help any nation in its struggle for freedom. She extends to you her wholehearted support. And how shall this support be manifested? 20,000 manliker rifles and 10 Spandau machine guns and 1 million rounds of ammunition. But we have over 100,000 men in the volunteers. This is all we can spare. After all, we are at war. Yes, and... Uh... How shall the arms be transported? They have been loaded aboard a trawler, the Odd, which is under Norwegian registry bound for the Bay of Charlie, where you may receive her and unload her. And when may I go aboard the Odd? The Odd has already sailed. Well, why didn't she wait for me? After all, this is my mission. The Odd must run the British blockade. She had to take advantage of the fog. Mm. And how am I to go back to Ireland? You are determined to go back. Well, of course. I say this privately, confidentially. Why don't you stay here? Here? In Germany. You see, my friend, if you go back and the uprising fails, what becomes of you? Well, I haven't considered that. That is not prudent on your part. Well, (laughs) no one has ever accused me of being prudent. If you return, you will force them to hang you. That is, if we lose. And do you think you can win? You think so. (laughs) Why do you say that? Well, you didn't think so, why would you give us uh, the weapons? My friend, it doesn't matter to us if you win or lose. We are giving you the guns so that you may harass the British. And you claim to be our ally. (laughs) We never claim to be your ally. We only said that we have some interests in common. No, no. Stay here, Herr Kismont. Why do you want me to stay? Because I like you. <laughs> As in other words, I can be of use to you. Exactly. <laughs> and believe me, we can make it very much worth your while.
0: Whom can you trust? The year is 1916. And in the snake pit of war, revolution, and international intrigue, obviously no one. But here we have Roger Casement, an Irish patriot, being propositioned by the German foreign minister. We know what he wants to do for Ireland, but what is it that he can do for Germany? Whatever it is, he'll face it in the second act. Street Theatre continues on WMCA, New York. The year is 1916. He could have been Fortune's favorite. He was brilliant, he was attractive, women adored him, men admired him. Had he chosen to trim his sails a bit and not buck all the prevailing political winds and tides, there is no telling how high he might have risen. But because he was obsessed with a single ideal... In the end, he only climbed high enough to allow for the six-foot drop required by the hangman.
1: Stay here in Germany, Roger Kisman. Why, Count von Bettmann? To continue to fight for Irish freedom. How? We will give you money. We will give you a newspaper. You will be able to tell Ireland's story to the entire world. Uh, No. No, no, Your Excellency. The way to fight for Ireland is to fight in Ireland. Help us now. And I promise you, after we win the war, Germany will establish a free and independent Ireland. After Germany wins the war? Yes. I will give it to you in writing. In writing? Signed by the Kaiser himself. But aren't you the same Count von bettmann holweg who refused to believe that England would go to war over a scrap of paper? <laughs> My friend, there are scraps of paper and there are scraps of paper. And... Suppose Germany loses the war. How can Germany lose the war? I must go back to Ireland. Why? The uprising must fail. You have been fighting the English for 800 years. We have lost every battle. Why? We have been outgunned and outnumbered. And that is why you must lose this battle, too. No. England can only be driven out by a nation stronger than herself. Germany. Trust Germany. I can only trust Ireland. I must go back. Even if you go to your death? Well, as the poet said, I helped wind the clock. I have come to hear it strike. (laughs) Uh, I must go back. I must go back. Roddy. Roddy. What? What? Oh, oh, gee. Oh, how long have you been sitting here? The
2: guard let me in, but you were asleep and I didn't want to wake you. Roddy. Hmm? They have decided. The British cabinet has decided. It is to be a civil trial.
1: Well, of course. A military trial would be held in secret. Oh, no, no. They want a theater.
2: They have appointed three judges. And do you know who the chief justice will be? Hmm? Lord Redding.
1: Lord Red... Lord Redding. Ah, oh, does it
2: matter? Yes, Lord Redding and Lloyd George, and they were part of the Marconi-Shares scandal.
1: Yes, but they were acquitted of any wrongdoing.
2: Lord Redding is to sit in judgment on you. Oh, make an issue that Roddy refused to be judged by a man of questionable honesty. Oh, I, I, I,
1: wish, I wish the room would hold still. What's
2: wrong, Roddy? You're not
1: well. No, no no, 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 there is nothing wrong with me. It is the room. It's going up and down like, like a submarine. Like the U-20. The U-20? Yes. yes. You see, Gee, von Bettmann-Holweg said I could go back to Ireland on the U-20. It was patrolling British waters, and the commander was instructed to place me ashore on the Bay of Trolley, where I would meet the odd with the weapons. Yes, I know, Ruddy, I know. I, I didn't know I was such a bad sailor. Oh, well, that's not true. You're a good sailor. No, but not on a submarine. Not a submarine It's a whole world of its own. It's like being in a tin can. Roddy, let me call a doctor. No, l- l- let me tell you about it, The submarine traveled most of the way on the surface, and the seas were high. I spent the whole voyage below in my bunk. Now don't excite yourself. We it's... finally we finally came to the Bay of Trolley. It was night, but the odd wasn't there. And I said to the U-boat commander we must wait for her and he said he would like to but he couldn't it was because he had to get back to the open sea before daylight there was no sign of the ord so he put me ashore it was then that I found out the ord had been sunk, and there would be no 20,000 Manlick rifles, no 10 Spandau machine guns, no one million rounds of ammunition. And breathing so
2: narrowly. No, no, I'm,
1: I am all right. I am all right.
2: And let, Father, let me wipe your forehead, and you'll feel better. Now, come, dear. Lie down on this cot and relax. But,
1: but the ord had sunk. The uprising was doomed and Beckman was right. Don't say anymore. Try to rest. So many of them, so many of them died in vain.
2: It wasn't in vain.
1: And I, I was alone on the beach. I was looking for a place to hide when he saw me. But the police constable saw me. It, it was just by sheer chance that he saw me. Oh, bloody, sleep, sleep. You there? Stand fast. No. You mean me? I see no one else. Well, uh, <clears throat> uh what would you have of me? What are you doing here on the beach? Well, but it's, it's a lovely morning. And whose boat is that? Boat? What boat? I'd I'd see no boat. A little white dinghy run aground on the sandbar. Oh Oh, oh, yes. Well, that that part. You know what it looks like to me? No, Constable. What does it look like? As if someone had used it to land on the shore. Oh? From a ship. Or a submarine, perhaps. Well, I uh, yes, well, I, I wouldn't know. You've not yet told me what you're doing here, sir. I? Oh, well, I'm, I'm out for a stroll. What's your name? Edwards. Uh, Wilfred Edwards. I, I'm an Englishman. Are you? Yes, a poet. Yes, a writer. I've come to this beautiful place to get inspiration for my poetry. So I write poetry. Oh, do you now? Oh, my, how pretty it is. Tell me, sir, hmm? why are your clothes wet? Huh? Oh, well, it's the spray. <laughs> do you see how high the waves are? And what with the fury they descend upon the beach... Your the... clothes, sir, if I may make the observation, do not appear damp from spray. They're soaked. Oh. and well, shall yeah. I tell you how it must have happened? You entered the bay in a large vessel. You're placed in that dinghy. It ran aground on the sandbar. You had to wade to the shore through water that's chest high. <laughs> the but constable... I assure you, i There are patrols everywhere, sir. You cannot escape. Listen, Uh, why should I want to escape? I'm an English writer. Be good enough to empty your pockets. Oh, but my dear sir... Pockets! Parsons! This way! Are those officers approaching their arm with rifles? If you're hiding a weapon, it'll do you no good. I have no weapon. Please empty your pockets. See look, look, see, look, I have nothing. And nothing. Yeah. What's that bit of paper? Well, it looks like a ticket. A railway ticket. But this is not printed in English. It looks like German. What does it say? Berlin Emden. Berlin. What are you doing with the German railway ticket? Oh. Oh, oh yeah, well, that railway ticket. Oh, Well, I suppose I must have kept it. <laughs> you see, I haven't worn this jacket in over two years, and I was in Germany just before the war. And... All uh, right, give it up, sir. I'll recognize you now. The picture's all over the country. You are Sir Roger Casement. Will you accompany me this way? It's... It's cold, Constable. I'm sorry, sir. Excuse me. That's the signal, sir. That you've been captured. Uh then you knew I was to arrive here. Yes, sir. Who betrayed me? I don't know. Who? You're not really a bad fellow, Sir Roger. I'm sorry I had to be the one to take you, but... I was doing my duty. I hope you will forgive me. Who betrayed me? Who? Who betrayed me? Bloody. Oh. What are you saying? You're still here, gee? Can't you sleep? I, no, I, I am, I, I am so cold.
2: Oh, they let me bring you some heavier blankets. I
1: feel, I feel as if I'll never be warm again.
2: Listen, Roddy, we must talk about your defense. Now that we know it is to be a civil trial. Oh, who betrayed me, G? Perhaps no one betrayed you. No, no, no.
1: no. They were expecting me. The beach was alive with soldiers and police.
2: There are so many people and so many rulers.
1: I know it was none of our friends. Uh, could, it have, could it have been... Dovon Bettmann Holwig himself? But why? Why not? All he wants is to foment trouble for England... Oh, I am so cold, I'm so tired. Listen, please, listen.
2: Do you want a lawyer? Or shall you defend yourself?
1: Do I want an attorney? Well, I must think. Please, let me think. I must guard against this... this malaise that has haunted me my whole life long. This terrible fit of depression. It robs me of my mind, my wealth. But how can I help it? I've seen sights too horrible for human eyes. No, no, not all human eyes. Just mine. There are those who can live with them, but I cannot. Whenever a human being is tortured or murdered anywhere in the world, I am being tortured and murdered. But what am I to do?
2: Roddy, listen. Mm. I have news.
1: what, What is it, G? There's a
2: petition. Arthur Conan Doyle has organized a committee to fight for you. And the names, the names that are on it. Look, read.
1: Ah, uh, T.K. Chesterton, Arnold Bennett,
2: John Goldsworth. Not just Irishmen, but Englishmen, too. Oh, yes, yes,
1: I see, I see. Oh, look at
2: the list. Britain's most distinguished writers, editors, men of affairs.
1: Only one name seems to be missing. Who? Shaw. George Bernard Shaw. Yes, for all its lofty talk. Where is his
2: name? He refused to sign it, but only because he felt that his name would alienate so many people. Oh, you know him, Roddy, what an aggravating, cantankerous man he can be. But he's writing letters on his own. And to everybody, you have become his cause. Is it true, G? That Shaw's fighting for me? Yes, I've just seen him. And he sends you his very best. And I mean that literally. What are you saying? I've spoken to him at length. And do you know what he's done? Tell me. Shaw has worked out the plan for your defense. The plan that will save you.
0: And so, the celebrated George Bernard Shaw himself has just entered the case. Shaw, the brilliant, eccentric Irishman, is now becoming involved. We know about his mastery of theatre. How will he stand up as an attorney for the defense? the third act, as usual, gives us the answers. You're listening to the Mystery Theater on your conversation station, WMCA, New York. Since the Irish are a nation of storytellers, it stands to reason that the central fact of Irish life for centuries should be dominated by storytellers. And some of these rank with the world's best. Yeats, O'Casey, the roster is seemingly endless. But the greatest of them all was George Bernard Shaw. And his most brilliant contribution was not in a play or a poem or a novel. It was the advice he gave to Sir Roger Casement, who was being tried for treason against the British Crown in the year 1916. You spoke with Shaw? Yes. What What did he say? Gee,
2: tell me. I've written it down, every word. Now you let me read it to you. I was received by him and Mrs. Shaw, and they were most gracious, served me tea. We chatted for a bit, and then Shaw said, I
1: tell you, Miss Bannister, Casement must serve as his own counsel. Oh? It's the only way. But he's not a lawyer. My point exactly, Miss Bannister. We must avoid the law. But how can one avoid the law in a courtroom, Mr. Shaw? Avoid it. Evade it. <laughs> It is all beside the point, don't you see? We are not concerned with the law, but with justice. But they have certain facts on their side. Facts. Sir Roger worked for the British government. He accepted a knighthood, but he sought assistance from Britain's enemy during wartime. And these are difficult facts to overcome. When one cannot climb the mountain, one walks around it. First, he must declare that he is an Irishman. The fact can be verified by his baptismal certificate. Second, he had hoped to do for Ireland what Garibaldi had been honored for in Italy. The British made a hero of Garibaldi, therefore, they must also honor Casement. But Garibaldi succeeded. Of course. And if he had failed and been placed on trial for his life... No nation would have expressed greater outrage than Britain. But
2: Roger did deal with the Germans. I uh, I am being the devil's advocate,
1: Are Mr. You? Shaw. Yes. Sir Roger went to Germany. But to ask for what? German soldiers, no hope. Just
2: weapons and ammunition. But he had taken the oath of loyalty to the king. So did Oliver
1: Cromwell. Every oath is taken with a reservation. Because it contains the words, Before God which means that the voice of God is the voice that a man listens to. And what is the voice of God but the voice of conscience? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, yes. I could write a speech for him. Yes. Yes, he could say, I am neither an Englishman nor a traitor. I am an Irishman captured in a fair attempt to free my country. And you can no more deprive me of the honors of that position than you could take them away from William Wallace 600 years ago when he made a precisely similar indictment with a precisely similar reply. You murdered him in vain. Yes, I see. This speech will make Roger the nation's hero. This. Yes, I understand what Mr. Shaw means. But it is
2: only what you yourself have been saying all these years. I
1: still challenge the jury to ask themselves the real question. Was Roger Casement a traitor to his country? And the answer must be no. Because my country, Roger Casement's country, is Ireland. Can
2: you do it, Robbie? Can you? Yes,
1: yes, I can do it.
2: Wonderful news, wonderful. Petitions are being signed all over oh. the world.
1: Oh. Roddy. What, what, what is it? It's... You're
2: pale, oh. you're deathly pale. Oh. Hey, Roddy, are you ill again?
1: I'm cold. I'm tired. I want to you sleep. You must
2: see a doctor at once. <laughs> We could get permission to remove him to a hospital doctor if it would aid in your examination.
1: Yes, we could hospitalize him if it would make you feel better, Miss Bannister. Me? I'm not the patient. But you're the only one I can help.
2: Are you saying it cannot help, Roger?
1: No one can help him, Miss Bannister.
2: But what's wrong with him?
1: All these years of living with horror. He's tired. His bones are tired.
2: But what is to be done, doctor, now?
1: He is to be kept quiet, free from stress.
2: But how? He goes on trial for his life.
1: Miss Bannister, give up that idea. He is not physically able nor mentally equipped at this time to do it. I don't know what to say. Sir Roger, you've been sitting here quietly listening. What do you think? Sir, sir? Is about what?
2: Roddy, the doctor says you shouldn't attempt to try your own case.
1: Oh, that's yes, the case. Uh, so it's like about that. Well, doesn't matter. I'm sure the judgment has already been made. We'll get you a lawyer.
2: The finest lawyer in the world.
1: They didn't get me the finest lawyer in the world. For a while, it appeared... They wouldn't be able to get me any lawyer at all. No one wanted to take the case. Poor G. <laughs> I could have told her that. Who would risk displeasing the government? Did it matter who they would finally dredge up?
2: We have a lawyer, Roddy. We have a lawyer.
1: Oh, and who is bold enough to beard the British lion? An
2: Irishman, Alexander Sullivan.
1: Ah, the only thing Irish about him is his name.
2: Sullivan is an excellent
1: lawyer. Sullivan has a lifelong ambition to be admitted to the British bar.
2: But he has agreed to take the defense. I'll
1: defend myself.
2: Can you, Roddy? Can you?
1: No. No. But Sullivan will not defend me either. He has taken the case. He will tread a fine line. He will show what a skillful barrister he is. But he will be careful not to win. Oh, Roddy, how can you say that? Because it's true.
2: Mr. Sullivan, there is one defense that can save Roger's life.
1: And what is that, Miss Bannister?
2: Insanity. Insanity? Of course. He'd been through the rigors of the African and the South American jungles. He has been slandered and vilified for the work he's done for humanity. Now, can anyone deny or doubt that these trials have finally destroyed his mind? Uh, Miss
1: Bannister, we should think about that. Ah, uh, yes, of course. And now I have uh, matters to take up with the crime. Uh, I shall see you tomorrow. Again. <laughs> He will find a reason to reject that defense.
2: But insanity is the only thing that makes sense in this situation. But
1: not to him. You see, there is no legal glory in getting your client off on grounds of insanity. He needs this case to
2: make his reputation. Then dismiss him, Roger.
1: Why? As you've told me, dearest G, he's the only lawyer I can get. Besides, doesn't matter... Blackstone himself would be helpless before this particular court. I was right. There could be no insanity. The Crown would not accept such a plea. But when G insisted that it was not for the prosecution to decide how a man should try to save his life, he replied, Miss Bannister. When Sir Roger was arrested, the police raided his quarters. Now, I understand that they find several papers and diaries of an extremely personal nature. But every man has his own secrets. Yes, of course, of course, of course. And those secrets, of course, they should remain. But if we plead insanity, the prosecution can make them public. On the other hand, if we present a strictly legal defense... But what is a legal defense? one based on a point of law... Then character, personality, behavior, all of these are irrelevant. We win or lose on, uh, well, a legal interpretation.
2: And what is this point of law?
1: Well, go back almost 500 years to the time of Edward III.
2: Yes, what does Edward III have to do with it? Well, the
1: statute under which Sir Roger is being prosecuted dates from that time. You see, the king, as all kings in those days, was in need of money. Now, he found a a clever way to produce it. So he passed the law, if a man be adherent to the king's enemies within his realm, that man's life and all his worldly goods would be forfeit to the crown. Yes? Well, don't you see, my dear Miss Bannister, Sir Roger had not adhered to the king's enemies within the king's realm. The treason that casement has committed took place... And German soil. No, Alexander Sullivan, you miss the point. You admit I committed treason, but not within the meaning nor the jurisdiction of the law. No, no, my ambitious friend. The crown will rip you apart. The law is based on precedent. A man who fights against the crown is a traitor, and they hang him, and hang me, they will. Roddy. Uh, what? Oh, yes, Jay? You're sleeping? Yes, uh, Mr. Sullivan's arguments always deliver me into the arms of mortals. Oh, you can
2: still joke. <laughs> yes. Well,
1: very feebly. And he's gone. Yes, he's
2: preparing his brief. Now, Roddy, be of good cheer. Oh, I am, I am. Whatever his defense, however rickety and Jerry built. They will not hang you. They cannot. They must.
1: They need a scapegoat. It's going badly. All is over for Britain. They are losing the war in France, in the Palestine deserts, and they have just had a bloodbath at Gallipoli. They need something to let them flex their muscles.
2: Listen to me, Roddy. Britain needs American support. And the work you did, the humanitarian work in Africa and the Amazon, well, you're a hero there. They cannot afford to alienate American public opinion.
1: But they could, and they did. A German submarine has just sunk the liner Lusitania with the loss of 2,000 lives, enough of whom were Americans to make war inevitable. Now, it doesn't matter if Britain condemns one more Irish rebel. Germany has sunk the Lusitania. And everyone knows whose side America is on from this day forward. Roger Casement, is there anything you would say before judgment of this court is passed upon you? This is the moment. The moment I have been waiting for. It is all that is left to me this moment. Perhaps I was born to arrive at this moment. There is so much to say... and so little time to say it. Where to begin, prisoner? The words form. They'd come so readily as if I had waited all my life to say them. The court I see before me now... is not this high court of justice of England... but a far greater and higher court... Since the acts which have led to this trial were performed in behalf of the people of Ireland, I leave my judgments and my sentence in their hands, and in their hands alone. It is the verdict of this court that you be taken hence to a lawful prison, and thence to a place of execution. I tried to tell them, Gee, and the others, not to grieve, but be joyful. It had to end this way, or else my life would have had no meaning. One day, there will be no more fighting, and no more dying. And on that day, men everywhere in this world will taste the holy blessings of freedom. I die for all of them.
0: He was executed on the third day of August in the year 1916. And his final words were, If I shed tears, remember they come not from cowardice, But from sorrow. Yes. And those tears of sorrow were shed for all of us. But his life has meaning, as you shall see when I return shortly. And now, the Mystery Theater continues on WMCA, New York. 1916. How long ago? How far away? And yet, how close? As the English constable who captured him said, You know, Sir Roger, you're not a bad fellow. I'm sorry I had to be the one to take you, but I was only doing my duty. Duty. In the end, it always comes down to one's own vision of one's duty. That is why men and women will kill enemies they may even admire as human beings. Duty. It covers a multitude of sins, doesn't it? Our cast included Earl Hammond, Court Benson, Lloyd Batista, and Marion Sellers. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Raven House Paperback Mysteries. This is Tammy Grimes, inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.